Welcome to a special edition of The Half Hill Report. I'm your host, Tosh Mafuni, and in these special editions, I'm interviewing members of the Horde and the Alliance to hear their thoughts on the possibility of peace in Azeroth. This week's guest is Gerdred Silverhammer, a Dwarven paladin. Well, welcome to the show, Gerdred, and gosh, thanks for traveling all the way here from Ironforge. I, I really, really appreciate that. Oh, Toshi. Can I call you Toshi? Is that all yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Please, please do. Yes. All right. I actually came from Boralus. I'm from Ironforge, but I oh, came from Boralus today. I'm, I'm stationed I'm, there right now. That You know what? That's that's right. I'm, I'm so sorry. But you are originally from Ironforge. I am originally from Ironforge, yes. Oh, okay. Well, I, I got that part right now. And I apologize. You're right. You're, you're, I, I knew that. You, you're stationed there in, uh, in, in Boralus. Well, you know, that's a, that's a really good lead in. You're, you're stationed in Boralus. Why don't you pick up from there and tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I've been, I've been a member of the um, Alliance Forces since uh, shortly after the Cataclysm. I, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm a paladin by trade and, oh. um, and a member of an order of the order of the silver hand. Um, and I like a little bit of ale once in a while, but I don't get in as much trouble as some of my compatriots do. Oh, well, you know, dwarves are absolutely noted, and, and as are Pandarans for their, their love of ale. I, I don't partake myself, uh, but it, I, I'm sorry, I, I have to ask. You, of course you are dwarven, but you 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 don't sound like most of the, the dwarves I've met. I, I hope that you don't take that offense at that. So, well, I mean, I, I, can, I can understand that. I've, I've lost a bit of the brogue. Um, I will admit, um, um, over the years, I've spent a lot of time in Stormwind, so I probably am starting to sound more like humans than I am like a dwarf. Really? So a lot of time in a lot of time in Stormwind. A lot of time in Stormwind. That's one of the places that I t- tend to spend a lot of time when I'm taking time off. Um, I have a. I enjoy spending time with horses best place oh. to find them is not far from Stormwind, so that's where I spend my time. Wonderful. Among Wonderful. other places, of course. So what is your, uh, your you said you're in Boralus and, and you're stationed there. Are, are you are you with the, the Legion there? Um, I, I'm sort of an adjunct to the 7th Legion. I'm not actually a part of the 7th Legion. I see. I see. Well, again, thank you so much for for coming on the show. I we really really appreciate it. It was whether it was from Ironforge or Boralus, equally long trips here to Pandaria. <laughs> so we really appreciate you joining us here in the upstairs room in the Lazy Turnip. Well, I um, do have a couple of friends who are mages. That helps a lot with the traveling. Oh, that had to have made it. That had to have made it easier. Absolutely, because I, I can tell you, I, it's I, I I've made that trip out there. Uh, all the way to Stormwind. I'm, I'm not a big traveler myself, and the, those ocean voyages get to me a little bit. Yeah, yep, yeah, I can understand that. I um, I, I prefer to travel via um, via Mage Portal as often as I can. Well, I'm glad it was a I'm glad it was an easy trip here for you. So, 
for those uh, who may not have listened to one of the Half Hill Report special editions, just a little reminder, I'm working on an assignment um, here from my faculty advisor, Professor Talib here at Half Hill Ag, to interview people from both factions on their thoughts how to bring peace to Azeroth so that we can work together to heal our our deeply, deeply wounded planet. And again, so much appreciation for you coming all the way out here. I, When you wrote to us and expressed interest in being on the show, of course, you know, we're a little program, little college radio program here. I, w- I was very curious about how you even heard about the Half Hill Report. Well, I originally heard about the Half Hill Report because on my last leave, I, I came out to I came back out to Pandaria. Um, of course, I was here um, during the uh, during the war that uh, we had on your shores, which oh. I'm very sorry for. I was here for that, um, and I like to come back and just help the Shadow Pan out um, here and there. I did make pretty good friends with a few of them. And so I come back and um, once in a while to help out, see if they need anything. And they were talking about your show. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, Velmic, our, our, our uh, food and lodging critic, uh, his partner, Dao Lin, is a member of the Shadow Pad. So it's wonderful that you come back here to... Uh, to our home to to help out where you where you can and and thank you very much we appreciate that you're very welcome so you've been already touched on um your experiences in in the war and i want to get kind of right into the topic here about the about the war now you're you're a longtime veteran and Mm -hmm. uh, with the war uh, against the horde and you mentioned you are you are a paladin, correct? Correct. Yes. So, as a paladin, my understanding is the paladins are sworn to uphold all that is right and good. And for you, that's the alliance. I'm curious. Do you think that those on the other side, those that are in the horde, feel the same way? Well, you know, I mean, during during the Legion invasion, I actually had the opportunity to speak with um, uh, both uh, Blood Elves and Torin, who are paladins as well. And um, that's one of the things that we have in common, absolutely, is that what we are trying to uphold is, you know, is, you know, not just honor, but also caring for fellow human, fellow humans, fellow people, um, you know, and trying to uphold the light as well as, um, you know, protecting our, our planet from, from disasters that might strike, um, and I do, I do, I honestly believe that there are, I'm sure, as well, orcs, um, theoretically goblins. I don't spend a lot of time <laughs> with goblins, um, I will admit. And, I mean, even potentially undead or, or forsaken who believe that there is an order that should be kept in this world 
So given those similarities that you just described, how do you feel now when you fought side by side with some of those members who you've already described as perhaps sharing many of your feelings? How do you feel now being on the opposite side of the line, as it were, and 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 fighting against those that you fought alongside? How, how does that make you feel? It doesn't feel great. Um, I mean, one of the things that I will say is that I I truly believe that it's the horde leadership that is pushing this war. Oh. I don't think I don't think the average person in the horde wants war. They might not like members of the alliance, but I don't think the average person in the horde actually wants war. Now, you you've touched on leadership and and we've we've mentioned that a couple of times and I'm going to get to the alliance leadership but n- news has reached us here all the way here in Half Hill that uh as as the rest of the world that there seems to be some breaking uh some breaks occurring within the horde leadership um very recently Bane Bloodhoof um it, it seems to have broken from the the leadership um, and as uh, as did um, Sar- uh, Varrock Sarafang. Right. Um, do you feel, do you sense or feel that the Horde is breaking apart over this leadership issue? What, what do you think that implies? I think that that implies that um, Sylvanas believes that she rules with an iron fist and has to prove it. Do you think that's ultimately going to work, or do you think that ends up working against against her? I suspect that that's going to ultimately end up working against her. Whether the question is whether she manages to take Azeroth with her. Oh, so you have a genuine concern along that line. I do. Hmm. Let's talk about alliance leadership now. Um, you, you. It sounds like you have some. Uh, long time more experience and in the little bit that you shared with me in the letter that you sent to us uh, uh, talking about being on the show my understanding is you fought side by side with two very current significant important leaders in the alliance Jaina Proudmore who of course now is Lord Admiral Proudmore and yes. King Varian Wren uh, absolutely who now sadly is no longer with us and was uh, has been uh, succeeded by his son uh, Anduin. I've also From, fought beside Anduin. So that well that's that's great that then that's a wonderful lead into this question. How do you feel like Anduin's leadership compares to his father's? Comparing Anduin and Varian I mean Varian at the end of his leadership and Anduin here at the very beginning of his leadership is really very difficult. Um, you know, Anduin is is an incredibly thoughtful young man. He weighs every option. He worries over the impact of every decision he makes. And his father knew that what was good for the Alliance was not necessarily always ideal for 
smaller groups within the alliance. I see. And and I think Anduin still frets more than he ultimately will over the wisdom of his choices when he has to make those hard choices. Um, and his father, while I'm sure he did worry over over things more than anyone else let on, Anduin still shows it on his face. Oh, so youth a little bit uh, a, a little bit of youth a little bit of inexperience um, perhaps a little too much fretting uh, over every every decision do you think that this is uh, an obstacle to his ultimate successful leadership or do you I think that think something so. with maturity and experience that he'll overcome that I think he'll overcome that I also think that in you know the Lord Admiral and um in King Greymane, um, and of course in Valen, he has um, some very good leaders in their own right. Even if King Greymane can, with all due respect, be a little bit blind to anything other than vengeance when Lady Sylvanas is involved. So talk about that a little more. It sounds like you have uh, maybe some concerns about Greymane's uh, influence or decision within within the power structure of the alliance. Well, I mean, not his influence so much. Um, he, I mean, he 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 differs to Anduin as he should, um, being the high king of the alliance. Um, but Gen places a lot of his people's strife and his own personal grief at Sylvanas's feet, um, rightfully so, yes. from what I understand. Um, and so that makes him eager to act. And because of that eagerness, it also makes him eager to encourage action. I see, I see. Do you think... And when we we touched on War Chief uh, uh, Windrunner um, and her leadership and King Anduin now on his, um, and you said that you had some doubts about Windrunner's leadership and where that ultimately might might lead. Do you think Anduin Wren, King Wren, is strong enough to overcome hmm. the Horde? Not alone. But he isn't alone, so that doesn't matter, does it? That's that's very very true. There are obviously many many uh, those who who care deeply within the alliance, uh, within his leadership, and within the rank of file that seem to want that to succeed. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing: Anduin doesn't assume that he can do things alone either, which is to his benefit here. Do you feel his reaching out via uh, Lord Admiral Proudmore to the forces in Calteris will uh, make a difference in the war? I believe so. I mean, just recently, King Rastakhan was killed. Uh, Very true. Lord Admiral Proudmore was not killed, and she was there. So you feel like the the Alliance 
at least at this point in the conflict, seems to have the advantage. I do. I do. Um, I, I'm not going to say that Sylvanas isn't planning and plotting and because that is her style. Uh. Um, but as far as the war itself is concerned, I believe that at this point, the Horde is needing to regroup. Ah, uh, with, with the I would not. Yeah, I would not say that they're on the back foot yet. Ah. Uh, let's talk about your experiences after the defeat of Sargeras most recently. We already touched okay. on the fact that you fought side by side with members of the Horde to defeat the Burning Legion. Yes. After the defeat of... Were you surprised by the restart of the war? Did you believe that the Horde and the Alliance would maintain any kind of a truce or peaceful arrangement after after the Burning Legion was defeated? Well, there's always hope, right? You know, you hope that these... that that you know just as our leaders listen to um the higher ranking members of the orders that are members of the alliance we would also hope that the same thing is going on on the side of the horde um but and i think that that probably would have had been true had Vol'jin survived the attack oh but I believe that uh, War Chief Windrunner, she's, she believes that everyone's out to get the Forsaken. And she's going to stop that any way she knows how. And she's a brilliant tactician. So if you know war is, if you believe that war is inevitable, I'm not going to say if you know. If you believe that war is inevitable, you want the first strike to be on your terms. Whether it is, um, whether it is that you're going to allow the enemy to come to you, you're going to pick the location, or you go to the enemy, you still you pick the time and the location to the best of your ability. You lay traps. You do whatever you can to make it decisive, to demoralize the enemy so that they can't regroup. That's, I mean, that's basic tactics. And she's brilliant. She did it. I, I assume, I, I have to assume that you're referring to the burning of Teldrassil. Well, and the attack on, on uh, um, Darkshore. The attack on Darkshore and the tur- and then the then the ult- ultimately the burning of Telder. So, you you were there. I was there. I was called in. Um, mages mages who had been in the area went to Stormwind, called in everyone they could to get there, and we were and we tried to route her. We were unable to route her in Darkshore, and she got to the tree. I know it must be a very, very difficult thing to talk about, and if you're not comfortable talking about it, I completely understand. But can can you tell can you tell me and tell our listeners about that experience, being there and witnessing that? 
Oh, I mean, while we were in Darkshore, it was, I mean, it was the beginning of a war. It was clear. Um, you know, she was attacking the homelands of the, of the night elves. And when Sarfang came in down from Fellwood, it, it, we knew Darkshore was lost. All we could do, we, we fell back. Um, and did everything we could to get the civilians out. We, when she started the burning of the tree, many of us went into the tree to try to get the civilians out, as many as we could. I spent, I don't even know how long. It felt like years, it felt like only moments fighting the fires, trying to get the civilians to the Temple of the Moon where the mages were holding open portals to Stormwind, to Ironforge, to even just to the Exodar, anywhere to get them away and safe. Um, I blacked out just from smoke. And uh, Lady Greymane found me and sent me back to Stormwind. And I, I didn't want to go back. I was like, I wanted to stay. I wanted to continue to help. It, it sounds like you're still carrying some of that with you. How, how did that experience affect your view of the ultimate conflict that arose? Well, something happened when we were in Pandaria um, at the trial of Garage Hellscream or after the trial of her, no, it was before the trial of Garage Hellscream. It was when we, when we captured Garage yeah. and Varian spoke um, to the leaders of the Horde and he told them that because they had stood up against Garage that he would allow them to uh, continue as the horde, but that if they ever crossed the alliance again, we would destroy them. Well, Varian isn't alive to see that through, but there were a lot of us there that day, including Anduin and Jaina, who heard his words, and we have every intention of doing so. We've had a number of people on the on the special editions here talking about what they're whether they believe there's hope for any peace. Um, and we've had opinions that have ranged from peace will only come when one side has completely defeated the other. We've had opinions of hey, war is, war is good for business. I, that's Kind of flippant and sad, but we've we've heard that we we've, we've had yeah. um, a, a member of the Forsaken here in the upstairs room in the Lazy Turnip uh, talking about his uh, uh, rabid loyalty to Sylvanas. From what I hear, where where do you fall on that? On that, is is there hope? Well. I mean, if there's no hope, then what hope is there for anything? There has to be hope. There has to be hope. And 
what I would like to think and what I hope is true, and this is where my hope lies, is that by crushing Sylvanas, perhaps and the Forsaken if required, um, resting the leadership of the Horde from her grasp, that the Horde can continue as a group of races towards a common goal, much like the Alliance. And that with a more level-headed leader would love to see it be Bane. Or, I mean, Varrock Sourfang is a reasonably honorable individual. Um, he has had his lapses, but, you know, in the moment, sometimes you don't have... You're caught between a rock and a hard place, and it's hard to choose honor sometimes. Um, but, you know, and, and perhaps there are others who I'm not aware of who would make level-headed leaders who could help bring peace to the world. So this is this is an interesting thread that's been running through all of the discussions I've had. It really does seem to everyone I've spoken with here on the special editions and, and that it really comes down to a question of leadership that, that, and you touched on it earlier. You feel like the, the average individual uh, who is just living day to day that, that they, they don't necessarily want war, that they, they ultimately want peace is for you is it the same it it sounds like it really is a question I mean, of leadership i i believe that it is a question of leadership there will i mean while i am a paladin i do expend most of my um most of my touch of the light um with healing others so there will always be plenty for me to do i am actually primarily not exclusively but primarily i heal others that, that, that um, I, I, want, I want to talk about that for a minute that that's okay because because we, you know we, this is obviously we've been touching on some very serious matters um th let's say let's say peace breaks out tomorrow okay as as a healer uh, now, obviously, when there's conflict going on, there's an awful lot for a healer to do. Um, mm -hmm. Peace breaks out tomorrow. Where does where does Gerdred find herself? What 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 do you find yourself doing? What what do you see yourself doing? Well, you know, um, last time I checked, um, wagons lose wheels and people get hurt. Um, you know, I mean, accidents happen. Um, the Azeroth's unstable. Maybe, maybe paladins can join the druids in trying to figure out this whole fixing the the planet thing. I mean, I think that would be where I would go first. I mean, admittedly, to Magni, which is easy for me. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can well imagine. Yes. I mean, uh, yeah, he was he was uh, there when I took my oaths. So really, 
he was he was there he he made a point whenever any any class of of paladins um was uh was uh, took their oaths he always made a point of being there for them it was very important to him even though he himself was not a paladin um i think he had a lot of good friends who were where where um, where i'm curious where where did you take your oath where where well i took in in iron forge in in iron forge in iron forge yes. what a, what a in, moment in, that must have been yeah it's it's it, it is i mean when when you take on the mantle um quite literally you're given a mantle um it, it is very moving um and very important but you know if peace were to break out and azeroth were suddenly healed and all of that sort of thing is right was right in the world where would i end up you know i might open a small horse farm really that's that's wonderful that's wonderful where you you already mentioned some of the areas around stormwood is there some particular place you would choose Oh, I don't know. I might move back here to Pandaria. Pandaria is beautiful. Pandaria is beautiful. Well, and you don't have enough horses. Well, we we certainly love it here. We, you know, uh, Pandaria, of course, is my home, and and uh, I've, I've chosen to make it uh, my home for as as long as I can imagine, and so that pleases me very much, and I'm sure it pleases our listeners right here in Half Hill and throughout the Valley of the Four Winds that you may consider. Should that occasion ever arise, maybe we'll have Gerdred as a neighbor, and I'm, I know that would make me very happy. Well, you know, I mean, I might run you guys out of ale, though, if well, Dendan ever brings me another one. Did he? Did has he not? Has he? Well, I thought I, mean, I, thought I made third, arrangements for that. Yeah, he, it is my third. I think maybe he wasn't paying. Well, attention. we'll see. I'll I'll see if I can. Uh, get get somebody. I'm I'm so sorry. I didn't I didn't realize you you were out. But you know what? Certainly after the show, we'll go downstairs and and uh, make arrangements uh, to get you a storm stout, a cold refreshing storm stout brew. We talk about that on the, they're one of our sponsors on the show, as a matter of one fact. Of, so should be able to you one know, have of my little... favorites when I'm in Pandaria. I that... do I do have a fondness for barley brew ale though as well. I believe you know they serve that up the finest uh, finest drinks anywhere in the valley of the four winds so I'm sure we can get you set up with whatever you're looking for after the show so uh so you I want to go back you you said you're currently stationed in Boralis uh, that yeah, that's correct you know our correspondent uh Eamon Wetbranch is is also there with the seventh <laughs> legion oh oh, oh have, do you do you know do you know our Eamon have you have you well, met him well you know even if a person didn't know Eamon before they were stationed in the same place with him you get to know Eamon especially if you're a female dwarf oh oh really yes I mean, he's, he is, he is a perfect gentleman, but he does love to flirt. Does, and, does he? And I will say this, I will say this, he will buy the rounds when he's flirting. Yeah, yeah. So we, we all let him flirt. Okay, well, we have heard a couple of his reports where... He may have had a few too many himself, but, uh, yes, you know. Yes, well, you know, if he would flirt with only one girl in an evening, maybe he wouldn't get that drunk. 
Oh, is that what's going on? Oh, okay. So, so the so the that the the drinking is perhaps a he sees that as a means to an end. I think he might. I think he might. He is a charmer. He is, and and I would never complain about having his unit on the battlefield when I'm there. That's that's so good to hear. Have, did, did, do you mostly just know him from apparently Snug Harbor or some of the other alehouses there in Boralus, or or you've actually actually served with him and his unit? I have served on occasion with him in his unit. Um, not often. Um, I do a lot of solo work, um, actually, um, and small group work with um, others, uh, other friends. I see. Um, who are also not who are part of the greater forces, but not specifically part of the military. Just the irregulars that, that become attached yep. to the Legion, uh, Seventh Legion. Yeah. Oh, well, that's, yes. that's, that's wonderful. I'm, I'm so glad that I, I will certainly, uh, certainly get word to, uh, to Eamon. And I'm sure, you know, he, he may even hear this and I'm sure, if, you know, <laughs> if he hears it, I'm sure he'll be blushing a bit. Maybe he'll mention it in his next report. Um, so Eamon the flirt. Okay. We'll have to, yeah. uh, we'll have to keep we'll that in mind. We'll see how many ales come my way next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, possibly quite a few, possibly quite a few. That's wonderful. Well, Gertrude, I, I cannot possibly thank you enough for, for coming all this way and for sh- not only sharing your thoughts, but obviously sharing some uh, very, very difficult uh, experience. And we really appreciate you being so candid about them. Um, you know, we have a saying here on these special editions, um, make your own turnip. Uh, which means do your own thing, make your own dream come true, pursue what gives you joy. If you wouldn't mind terribly uh, ramping up the show with whatever thoughts you have on that or anything else really that we've talked about, and then invite our listeners to make your own turnip. Well, I guess I just want want to... finish this with by saying that whether you're a member of the Horde or a member of the Alliance if you disagree with your leadership or the leadership of the other faction you should seek ways that you can do something about that and in that I would suggest that you make your own turn Thank you for listening to this special edition of The Half-Hill Report. The opinions expressed herein are those of the guests and are not endorsed by The Half-Hill Report or Half-Hill Agricultural College. The Half-Hill Report is produced in cooperation with Half-Hill Agricultural College, dedicated to serving the educational needs of the greater valley of the Four Winds community. by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com. Hey folks, Tosh Mafuni here, and Professor Talib and I would like to thank Gerdred, aka Shorl, for being on the show.
If you have a character that you'd like to portray on the special editions, please contact us at hathoreport at yahoo.com. And remember, free Pandaria.